It's a good day, isn't it? All right, so you got to say after me, God is good. All the time, right? So our new series is called Who I Am, Take It for the Book of Ephesians. So over the next several months, we're actually going to be talking about who we are. Not what we've done, not who we know, but who we are in Christ. Isn't it an awesome thing to know that you are blessed and that God has your best intentions in mind? Yeah? Yes? Are you happy today? Yeah. yeah. So, happy birthday to Sue O'Keefe, too. Yeah. Well, and Amber today, too. All right, cool. Amber, awesome. Well, as I was studying this week, I realized that the book of Ephesians could take a lifetime because there's so much there. There's so many powerful things to learn from God's word. Today, I want to focus just on the first few verses, but as I was sitting at my kitchen counter last night, because that's my little in-home office, and um, thinking back over life, I remembered back as a child that many times on many occasions my dad would say in anger, who do you think you are? Only it wasn't nice. And I can remember we went out west for vacation and we stopped for breakfast and I was sleeping in the back seat. I had two siblings at that point. And my dad said, we're going to go in to eat, and mom and I are going to sit in this booth here. Can you take this down just a little bit, because it's, like, annoying. <clears throat> and he said that the three of us should sit in this booth over here. And we ordered breakfast, and my brother and sister ordered a donut, and I ordered a big breakfast. Two eggs, two pancakes, two pieces of bacon, two sausage. The whole shot, it was $1.25. I can distinctly remember $1.25 and my dad went haywire. He came over to the table, looked down at the table, and he said, who the H do you think you are? Get out to the car. You will not eat the rest of the day. Little did he realize that I would remember that now, all these years later, at 65 years old, I would remember who do you think you are? We had these letters made for our display for the next few months. We actually have a big question mark. Couldn't figure out how to make it stand up. <laughs> Just kept going, go windshield wiper until I realized you don't need a question mark. Who asks the question? Who asks a huge question? It says, who do you think you are? Who are you? Most of my life I've spent in some sort of pity party thinking that as nobody, 
I still struggle with that. So do many of you. I am a nobody. Who are you today? And I think it's interesting to note that as you're a little child even, you pick up on things that make you into who you are. And I remembered back in studying, I remembered back to using one of the most powerful illustrations I've ever read, and it came right here from out of Traverse City, Michigan. So rather than telling the story, I wanted to read it to you because as I read it again last night, I sat in a puddle of tears thinking, oh God, you are so amazing. I'm amazed by you, God, totally amazed. A young girl grows up in Cherry Orchard just above Traverse City, Michigan. Her parents, a bit old, tend to overreact to her nose ring, the music she listens to, and the length of her skirts. They ground her a few times, and she seethes inside. I hate you, she told them repeatedly. Screams at the top of her lungs when her father knocks on her bedroom door, wondering what she's doing. So she makes a plan in her head over and over. Someday, I'll get out of here. I'll become something. I'll become somebody. Someday, I will escape this home. And so she had visited Detroit one time before, so she runs away. She decides not to go to California or Florida because her parents would be suspicious of her going to those places, so she decides they'll never look for me in Detroit. It's a bad place. Her second day in Detroit, she meets a man who drives the biggest car she's ever seen. He offers her a ride. He gives her some pills that make her feel a lot better. He gives her some money. And she decides that her parents have been keeping her from fun all of her life. That this is what she really wanted. The good life comes for a month, two months, even a year. And the man with the big car, she calls him boss, teaches her a few things that men like. And since she's underage, men pay a premium for her. She lives in a penthouse and orders room service, eats whatever she wants. Her old life seems so boring. Her new life is so exciting. She has a brief scare when she sees her picture painted on the back of a milk carton. Missing. Have you seen this child? But by now she has blonde hair with all her makeup and body piercings, jewelry. No one could mistake her for a child. She's a woman. After a year, the first signs of illness appear. She becomes very seriously ill. Her boss growls and knows that she's no good to him anymore and throws her on the street. No more money, no more food. The only place to sleep in the cold weather of Detroit is on the, the grids outside of big buildings where the heat poured out. She never really slept because sleeping is the wrong word. A teenage girl at night downtown Detroit can never relax her guard. Dark bands 
circle her eyes, her cough worsens. And one night as she lies awake listening for footsteps, all of a sudden everything about her, everything about her life now seems different. She no longer feels like a woman of the world. She feels like a little girl lost in a cold and frightening city. All by herself in the cold, she begins to whimper. Her pockets are empty and she's starved. She needs a fix. She pulls her legs tight underneath her and shivers under the newspapers that she's piled on top of her coat. Something jolts a synapse of memory and a single image fills her mind. It's May in Traverse City where a million cherry trees are blooming all at once. There are rows of blossomy trees. God, why did I leave you? She says to herself over and over. And the pain stabs her in the heart. My dog back home eats better than me. She's sobbing, and she knows in a flash that more than anything else in the world, she wants to go home. Three straight phone calls, three straight connections with the answering machine. She hangs up without leaving a message for the first two times, but the third time, she says, Dad? Mom? It's me. I was thinking about maybe coming home. I'm catching a bus up your way, and I'll get there about midnight tomorrow night. But if you're not there, I guess I'll just stay on the bus until it hits Canada. Well, it takes about seven hours for a bus to make all the stops between Detroit and Traverse City. And during that time, she realizes all the flaws in her plan. What if her parents are out of town, and what if they miss the message? Shouldn't she have waited another day or so until she could talk to them? And even if they are home, they probably wrote her off as dead a long time ago. She should have given them some time to overcome the shock. Her thoughts back, bounce back and forth between these worries and the speech she's preparing for her father. Dad, I'm very sorry. I know I was wrong. It's not your fault. It's all mine. Will you please forgive me? She says the words over and over again, her throat tightening even as she rehearses them. She hasn't apologized to anyone in years. The bus has been driving with lights on since Bay City. Tiny snowflakes hit the pavement, rubbed, worn by thousands of tires in the asphalt steam. She's forgotten how dark it gets at night out here. A deer darts across the front of the bus. The bus swerves. Every so often, there's a billboard, a sign posting the mileage to Traverse City. Oh, God, she said. When the bus finally tolls into the station, it's air brakes hissing in protest. The driver announces in a crackly voice over the microphone. Fifteen minutes, folks. That's all we have here. Fifteen minutes to decide her life. She checks herself in a compact mirror, smooths her hair, licks the lipstick off of her teeth. She looks at the tobacco stains on her fingers and wonders if her parents will notice. 
or if they're even there. She walks into the terminal not knowing what to expect. Not one of the thousand scenes that have played out in her mind prepares her for what she sees. There in the concrete walls and plastic chair bus terminal in Traverse City, Michigan, stands a group of 40 brothers and sisters and great aunts and uncles and cousins and a grandmother and great-grandmother to boot. They're all wearing silly party hats and blowing noisemakers. And taped across the entire wall of the terminal, it says, in a computer-generated banner, Welcome home. Out of the crowd of all of her relatives, her dad runs to her and hugs her. Dad, dad, she says, I'm so sorry. He interrupts her. Hush. This is no time for apologies. We're going to be late for the party. To most people in the room, it's just another story. It is a true story. To me, it's my story. <clears throat> I said to my wife at the kitchen counter last night, maybe that's the training that God wanted for me. So I would love all the unlovely people the hurt people, the who's in Whoville. Life is Whoville. I know Rock Church people. I love Rock Church people. They're kind enough to stay with me and me with them during many really rough times. They help me understand who I am and I them. Yes. Because Satan is the master of identity theft. He loves to steal your identity away and tell you that you're worthless. Now, in order to be a part of one of my messages, you have to understand, there has to be laughter, crying, and singing. All three. I did the singing over there, the crying here. And now I have a little test for you that I prepared today. On the screen, I think we have it. On the screen, I'm going to place a picture in just a moment. And you're going to stand to your feet, not shout it out, not blurt it out. If you guess out loud, you must come up here and sing. <laughs> so, so that will avoid us just jumping in and saying who we think it is. 
You'll get a fair chance here in a moment. I'll put a picture on the screen, and you're going to stand to your feet if you think you have the answer. Now, if, you're, if you have a propensity toward just blurting things out, there's duct tape underneath your chair. No, <laughs> not really, but... So let's put a picture up there, and if you think you have the answer, you can stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, do not blurt it out. Jed. Okay, all right. Picture number two. Way back there, John. Who? Ed, yes. Picture number three. Who do you think that is? Way in the back. Zach, yeah. Kind of ish. <laughs> and last but not least, who do you think? What? No. Who do you think it is? Scott. Aaron. Doesn't that look like Aaron? I think we have one more. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, so. The um, caricatures for, vis for visitors that don't go to church here, it's like, this is kind of who we are. <laughs> Characters, right? Uh, so, so Randy Tatman loves to draw during church. He's probably drawing right now. Where are you, Rand? Are you drawing? <laughs> Every Sunday when I speak, he's drawing pictures of me. A whole book of pictures. I don't even want to see them. It's been, it's been happening for years, I guarantee you. Library of stages of hair loss. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, right. So, so, since we know that God is real and he's good, and since we know that the enemy is real and he's not good, I'll give you some words. I don't want you to shout anything out loud, but I'll give you a word, and then you do some little association things with it, okay? I say a word, and the first thing that comes to your mind, please don't blurt it out. Beautiful. Sad. Joy. Ugly. Sweet. Mean. Childish, hurt, pain, gay, Christ-like, loving. Now, if you've been with us for months, while we were still at the theater, I, not too long ago, mentioned my father-in-law's favorite personality in the Bible is a man by the name of Jabez. There's a prayer of Jabez that many of us have studied and understand. But what many people don't realize is that Jabez actually, his name given by his mother actually means, I bore him with pain. Well, all mothers could say that, right? I bore him with pain, but think about this. Jabez literally had a name 
which was closely associated to pain. And he had to wonder oftentimes, why would my mother want to call me pain? Am I really such a pain to her? And then it flashes me back. Can you please take this level way down? Because I don't like it to be so hot, so I can scream. Is that a part of my preaching too? I think so. Okay, so, so the way I was raised and understand, and hopefully my sister is listening to this message today because my sister, who's had seven different husbands, told me recently that she listens to my messages. Something in our family made us wonder who, who we are. Who am I? Jabez had to think to himself, I really don't know who I am. But if the man's memories were erased, why, if he was such a bad guy, such a painful guy or pain-giving man, why was he even recorded in Scripture? Why would his name even be placed there is the question that comes to mind. And then I came across in studying this week, Jabez actually is this, conceived in pain, delivered in victory. So who am I? Who am I? Who am I that I, sh I should have a God that cares so much about me? Do you know that you came into this room this morning by God's divine design because he wanted to bless you? You believe that? Yes, yes or no? Yes. He brought you here today. See, I'm not the only one that had the question hurled at him in childhood, who the blank do you think you are? Many of you did, and it caused you to go on a search wondering who you really are, and it got you down a lot of wrong paths and wrong roads and took you to places that you wish you had never gone and made you wonder why things happen like this in your life. But God wants you to know this today, this morning, that you might have been conceived in pain, but that he has something powerful in store for you because he is good. Yes. If you study the book of Ephesians, you're going to find this over and over in the book. You're going to find this. A series of I am's that help you identify who you are. And the first one is this. So when you leave this morning and somebody says, well, what did the pastor speak on today? You can say this. He spoke on I am blessed. I want you to repeat that with me. Ready? I am blessed. Again. Are you blessed? Yeah. It doesn't take very long to figure that out. If you had heat in your house last night, you're blessed. If you're sitting next to someone who loves you, you're blessed. If you get to eat today, you're blessed. I, I, I'm always disappointed in the numbers of, of people of different color that constantly talk about race. It does not matter what race you are, you are blessed. If you live in America, you are blessed. 
You live in the greatest nation in the entire world. You should not be complaining that they're still picking on my people. Baloney. You don't know what it means to be picked on. You can tell these people that talk online about how sorry they feel about their people. All people are loved by God. All races. All people. We're blessed. But you have to remember this this morning, that blessings always begins with God. You will not know and understand blessing if you don't go back to understanding blessing starts with God. I, I tweeted this this week. God initiates, we imitate. What God initiates, we imitate. What parents initiate, children imitate. What you do casually, they will do in excess. Yes. If you're critical, they'll be more critical. If you think you're okay with a little bit of alcohol, get ready. Your kids are going to, you're not going to be able to tell them, don't go out and drink. Don't go do drugs. Don't do sex outside of marriage. If you are doing that, God is the initiator. I am the imitator. I want to look to God for how I should live. The Bible says this, so God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing which the water teems and every winged bird and God saw that it was good and then this is what he did. God bless them. I, I, I think there are some people that come to church and you are just born to sleep. You're ready to go out right now. You understand this? God created, and then he blessed. He said it was good, and then he actually blessed it. And so that's what it is with us today. And it goes on to say this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them. There is so much confusion in the world today about who you are that everybody thinks it's okay to try everything. I will guarantee you, unless you understand that God created male and female with distinct roles and distinct personhood and distinct attributes, you're not going to be happy. You can, have, you can have bathrooms that are for transgender, and you can go use, if you want to go in there, I hope you don't feel comfortable if you do that here. You're still not going to be happy. You could tattoo your body from one end to the other end and still not be happy. You could pierce the living daylights out of your body and you say you're against tattooing, you're against body piercing, you're against transsexual bathrooms. It's, yeah, I'm trying to casually get it out there. No, I'm not against. If you want to do that, this, this is what God would say to you. If you desire to do that, there are consequences. The consequences are this. You won't be happy. Because that doesn't make you happy. God makes you happy. God blesses you. God loves you. Jesus loves you or I'd be dead. I am not alone in stating this this morning. I would be dead if it were not for the grace of God and how he manifests it to me all the time. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Is that not true? You would be dead, some of you, if it weren't for the grace of God. You would not know where to go. I want you to say it again. I am blessed. I am blessed, okay? All the way through this message, because, see, when you go to seminary, they teach you this. You must have a big idea 
in your message for people to walk away and say, well, what did the pastor preach about today? And you go, sin. <laughs> but the pastor, well, what about sin? It's bad. <laughs> what about sin being bad? Bad for men. What about sin being bad for men? Bad for women, too. <laughs> you got nothing. This is what you're getting this morning. I am blessed. You come in here and it's, well, I'm not so blessed today, Pastor. You know, it's another one of those days. Another one of those days. How about this? How about making those days into some praise? Make your days into praise, huh? Yeah. How about that? How about a little dance in shoes instead of griping all the time, realizing I'm so blessed I can't even keep it inside. I feel like shaking up the world. Amen, Steve? Oh, yes. Oh, brother. As, once in a while, you ought to just put your hand in the air just to, oh, yeah, come on now. Come on. Yes. There you go. The, the, all the crazy people do it. Vince, he's not afraid of anything anymore. He's invincible. Yes. Invincible. When you got Jesus in your life, you are invincible. You say, this is the shallowest me message I've ever heard in my whole life. Go for it. Ephesians. That's where it all starts, the book of Ephesians. Right off the bat, it starts. But I want you to learn just a little key verse here this morning. You can remember when you walk out of here. This phrase is found in verse 12 and in verse 14, that we should be to the praise of his glory, is what it says. That we should be to the praise of his glory. You're going to say it three times with me. Ready? That we should be to the praise of his glory. Again, come on. That we should be to the praise of his glory. One more time. Okay, so most of us come to church saying, what you got for me today, Pastor? I'm really down. Pastor, you're going to have to bring me up from Grumpysville. You know, I've been over there in Whoville for a long time wondering about, and that old, that old Grinch, he stole my Christmas away from me. He steals every day away from me. I need some, I need some, like, who, Whoville sugar. Sugar. Give me some Whoville sugar. This is what it is. God knows that when we are to the praise of his glory, we're not down, we're not wondering who we were or are or why people offended us or why they ran us off or why my family doesn't love me and all these other things. When you get out of that mindset, you know who you are in Christ. You were designed so God would have somebody to bless. That is why he made you. You were designed to be blessed so you could give blessing. Yeah, everybody wants to take. Well, you just don't know me. I'm having a real, real rough life. What? How about trying this on today? How about blessing somebody else? If you need a blessing, give a blessing. Because the sowing and reaping thing works that way. Point number one in the entire series is this. I am blessed. You could get up and dance. Could you not? You could get up and dance. You're so blessed, you think, I'm, I'm Pastor, stop a second. I am here analyzing your text, your message. I think it sucks. You're blessed. 
There's people walking out in our yard here. They think this is a truck garage. Let's all make a big song. Ready? There you go. <laughs> Ephesians actually gives us three words that govern the Christian life. Three words that govern the entire Christian life. In order to be blessed, these three words are important. First of all, doing. Focus is on the right actions. If I want to be blessed, I need to do those things that are going to cause blessing to come to me. It's our actions, our conduct, our witnessing, praying. Secondly, it's knowing. If I want to be known, I need to know. I need to understand and know God's word so that when I get in trouble and feel like I'm in a slump today, God's word immediately comes to my mind and says, I know who you are. You're Gary Peterson. You're not a nobody. You're a somebody in the sight of God. You are loved, aren't you? You are special. You are amazing, fearfully and wonderfully made. You are marvelous, God says, doesn't he? That's who I am. You, do, you have to understand doing. You have to understand knowing. But more important than anything else is this. You have to understand being. It's not just about what you know, because you know what I see in classic Christian 101 in Grand Rapids, Michigan? Everybody knows how to act, don't they? Everybody knows how to put on the, oh, brother, how you doing today? You praising Jesus? I placed 400 of them Gideon Bibles in the drawers this week. Yes, the King James only. You are in the wrong church. This is not about just having knowledge. It's not about just doing good works, although I think those things come when you grow in Christ. It's not about just doing good works or just having knowledge because knowledge alone puffs up and then you become a Pharisee that gets to tell everybody who is good and who is not. Oh my gosh. We will take all the guys off the railroad tracks because they'll listen. A bum came off the tracks the other day and walked right over here. It was kind of scary, actually, because he was talking to his imaginary friend. But I just figured it was Aaron's imaginary friend that had gone out to meet him. <laughs> See? <laughs> if you go to church here, you understand Aaron's always talking to himself. Now let me see if I put a nail here. It'll work good. And says, no, no, this is, this is totally Aaron, and I'm picking up on it. I'm beginning to wonder if I'm going senile or something. Put the nail here, and now don't cuss when you hit it with the hammer, because it's a good chance, as coordinated as you are, that you're not going to hit the nail. <laughs> Do you know how easily people get offended? That kid right there, Asia boy, he's like my own, isn't he, honey? My wife is so ridiculously biased to Asians, because stand up, Sai. Oh, my gosh, because that's our boy. You know what God is doing in Rock Church? God is opening doors for us to eventually have a, an, an orphanage through our church. An orphanage. It'll work out, won't it? Yes, some obstacles in the way, but they've asked us if we would be their branch over here. They can use this place. They can have it to use. But my, my point is this. It's not enough to just do or know. You have to be. 
the people that are what God wants them to be and are really blessed are the ones that have learned that just doing good works isn't enough. And just knowing can cause you to get really puffed up. But when you live it out, when you actually live it out, you can't help but go around and say, I am blessed. Aren't you blessed? I am blessed. Ready? You get in your car today and you say, what did the pastor preach about? I'm so blessed I can't even stand it. I'm starting to shake. Send a chill right up my leg. I remember when one of the newscasters, when Obama was candidating for the White House, they said, just meeting him sent a chill up my leg. And I'm thinking, not to, it didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Well, the third lady was very upset in line because I was talking about politics. I, I think there, there, there is a necessity to understand that Whoever is the president of the United States in an honored position, he was put in there by the people of the U.S. It has zero to do with being black, zero, or Hispanic, or Asian. That is ridiculous. God does not see skin color. Are you listening to me? Repeat that online. I have many black friends they're no different from me. The only reason I didn't care for President Obama is he's liberal. I think his policies have led to more racism in America than ever before. It's pathetic. There is not one race over another race. We are all one in Christ, aren't we? So you, you can't just be if you don't know and don't do. you got to have all three of them. Do you know what? Ephesians 1.12 reminds us that we should be to the praise of his glory. We can do right and still not be right. Oh, yeah, come on. You can do right but still not be right. You can know right but still not be right. You can do right and know right but not be right. Being right means this, you're right with other people, but first of all, you're right with God. You keep short accounts. You don't listen to all the fake news out there. If you do, you won't come here because there's a lot of it about me. I'm not worried about it, honestly. I know who I am in Christ. I know this for sure. I know this, that as I sit and read about the girl, that, that's a true story. Ended up in Detroit, I think, but for the grace of God, I'd be dead. Anybody else in the room? Yeah. But for the grace of God, I would be dead. I'm not worthy to be alive today, but God in his grace has given me such a passion to help people who feel there's no hope for the future to understand, oh, yes, there is, because God is good, isn't he? Yeah. He is perfect in all of his ways. See, I got the singing in there, too. The screaming came, the singing came. He is perfect in all of his ways, isn't he? He is perfect. He knows your needs. You think you just came here today. No, God made you come. When we realize who we are, we'll be on our way to knowing what God wants us to become. When we understand who we are in Christ, we can then move on to becoming who God wants us to become. How many people do you know that are equating who they are or who they know or what they know to being successful? Oh, he's really successful because he knows so-and-so. I was listening to the news this week, and I was thinking they were interviewing Pete Hoekstra, 
representative from our state to the Senate about Mrs. DeVos uh, being appointed by the skin of our teeth. And she, he said that he has known her for years from Holland, Michigan, and only lives a mile from her mom, and that they went to the same church together and all these things. And I was thinking, you people listen to me. It, what time is it, by the way? It's a bit. What? 11, 20? Good, I have two more hours. Okay. <laughs> Why do you suppose these seats are empty? They're not empty for no reason at all. Okay, so no, no, listen up. So I'm, I'm listening to Pete Hookstra on, on, on Fox News, and, and he's talking about Betsy DeVos, and I'm thinking, I know Pete Hookstra. I've been out for lunch with him. He's been to our church. He's spoken at our church. If I called Pete Hookstra today, he would say he knows me, he remembers me. That doesn't make me who I am. No, 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 no. Because you know some star athlete, that makes you who you are? Who cares? Seriously, that's nonsense. You know how I know who I am? Because I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. My name is written in the book of life in heaven. I came to that conclusion one day. I was far, far lost. And I needed what Christ did on the cross to get me unlost. This girl in the illustration was far, far lost, thinking there was something out there, thinking that some, something out in the world could make her happy. I am here to tell you today, Jesus makes me happy. Jesus makes me want to dance and shout, doesn't he? Yeah. That's the kind of church this is. Some people said our church would never make it. We would never make it. We could never make it. We're going to fall apart. I will, I will tell you this now. By the grace of God, we've made it. We have not just made it. Many people's lives have changed because of Rock Church. Many people were on the wrong path, but now have adjusted their course and know Jesus and want to live for him. Isn't that amazing? That's what God does. He blesses you. When you bless him, the blessing comes down. When you bless someone else, the blessing comes down. You know the reason Asia Boy will stay here? Because he blesses me and I bless him. And we both bless God. It's hot up there. I felt sorry for him for a minute. <clears throat> Yesterday at practice, he said, can we open the garage door? There's three garage doors back. Well, we took this one out, but can we open the garage door? Because it's like 20 degrees hotter up here. And I thought, no. <laughs> He's up there sweating like crazy. And he has a girlfriend now, too. <laughs> Amen. Do you feel blessed and embarrassed? So, so, so when the lady, you know, this is, this is how things happen. We, we get upset about something and we miss the blessing. You get upset about something and then you don't get the blessing that God wanted to give you today. You are so blessed. Are you not? It's coming down right now. It's like rain. The blessing of God comes down and says, you ought to be able to shout it from the mountaintops that you're so blessed. You are so blessed. John chapter 8 is so powerful. Beginning of the chapter, Jesus is buying or, or performing miracles so that those around him can identify that there's something totally unique about him. And he wants those who are watching and listening to know that if they simply believe in him and obey him because of their belief, if they totally believe in him, they will be saved. 
Not just in the next life. They'll be saved in this life. God didn't save you just for eternity. He saved you to be saved right now. See, salvation is blessing. Salvation is here. Yes. Had Rock Church not started, she wouldn't be married to Casey most likely. He wouldn't have played drums so many times and probably met her the other day. Seriously. A lot of people wouldn't have come to Christ. Who are you to argue with the plan of God, exactly what he has in your life? Do you know that your illness may be for a reason? It may be so that somebody else that you love will wake up and see that they need Jesus. Yeah. You understand? Do you understand that? Do you understand that your loss of a job or something that you love may have been designed by God to bring you to a closer relationship with God? And listen what it says in John 8. It says, even as he spoke, many believed in him. To the Jew who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word of God sets you free. It says you cannot make it without me. I am your bread of life. I am everything. Eat my word. Drink my water and you will be healed. I believe in healing. But I don't believe that everyone should be healed because maybe your illness is designed to bring someone into the kingdom. Who are you to argue with that? Right? You will never know who you are until you know who he is. He's the only way. You will never know who you are. You'll never have an identity until you die to yourself and stop getting hurt about everything and stop getting offended about everything and stop having all these bad days and start writing on, on Facebook, awesome service today, Pastor. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. How about this? How about this? How about deciding that you're going to be one of those shouters out there like Vince? How about that? Try it on for size. And Wow. And all the dignified people sit back and go, awful. <laughs> and all, all the people that struggle with racism go, awful. Now, see, I don't have any problem with racism. You do. Why'd you bring it up? You have a problem with Asians, obviously. I don't. I would take them all. My wife would take double all. She would take all of China. She would take, and, and, and the lady that wrote that didn't even understand. I go to Vietnam. This will be my 26th trip in a few weeks. Those young men accepted Christ. And this week in my conversation with my buddies who got saved in Vietnam, they said, Pastor, how are you doing, Knight? It's always stuff like that. And I go, awesome. And then they say, we're going to build house. Two, two of the college-age guys that got saved are married. They both have had babies. Um, they're building a house together because they don't have enough money. And it'll be just a, like a one- or two-room thing, and they'll live in it together. And they said, we're building a house. And we thought you'd be excited, Pastor. We're going to make it home church. These guys have been saved a year. By the grace of God, they have risen from the ranks of Buddhism and pagan idolatry, burning money in the streets and uh, incense at night and all these altars all over the place with fruit that's there for days because their God never eats it. These men have risen out of the ranks to become leaders in the country of Vietnam so that revival can be spread through the entire nation. I, for the lady who said that, I love Asians. 
don't always look to be offended. Look to what good is coming. So many people want to pretend that they're something. You will always behave according to what you know to be the truth. Lindsay Lohan this week, astounding, really clean, pure-cut girl. <laughs> now you're going to Hollywood, you bet. I think we all ought to boycott every movie until they go broke. And then they'll start making what we'd like them to make. Lindsay Lohan would like a, a meeting with President Trump to advise him on how to handle the refugees from Syria. And I, I think she should, but I'd like to say this to Mr. Trump before she meets with him. Make her the ambassador to Syria now. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Lindsay, you have such a passion for these people. Instead of us bringing them here, let's send you there. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how pious people can sound until the rubber meets the road and they actually have to be put in the position of doing something about it? If you think that you've been mistreated, then start treating everybody else better. And that's what you'll get. What you sow is what you reap. Is that correct or not? Or did I just make that up? You're getting what you're giving. You're getting exactly what you're giving. There are three desires all of us have. One, to be significant. I want to be significant. I want to feel important. Two, to desire sufficiency that I know my needs are going to be met. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed of the Lord begging bread. This church started with nothing. Zero. Nada. Zilch. I did not know until last week that Betsy, who runs Celebration Cinema, is related to someone from my former church, and all along she was told to hate us. But we had already signed a contract. We gave Celebration Cinema over the last three years and five months $172,000. I think we should be loved. <laughs> Don't you? No, all, all the pious, perfectly, politically correct people would say, you shouldn't talk about anyone but Jesus. You should never talk about these things at church. Then where do we address them? We are the church. It doesn't matter whether we're in here on Sunday morning or standing out in the lobby having a coffee together. Did anybody taste the cinnamon rolls today? Were they okay? Heavy? Amazing? Oh, that's coming from Denhoff. He is, he is a renowned food critic. He has his own show called Ask the expert. <laughs> Besides, he's my buddy. Besides, he's friends with my boy. We have some awesome kids in our church. Our youth building, we're going to finish that this summer. It's going to be cool. Community Youth Center. I got to stop. I think that so many of us are so busy in life that we forget how blessed we are. I'm flipping all the way over to page nine, who's ever doing PowerPoint. 
I can prove to you that you're blessed. The riches of God's grace, Ephesians 1, 7. The unfathomable riches of Christ, Ephesians 3, 8. The riches of his glory, Ephesians 3, 16. He calls the believer this, to attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, Ephesians 4.13. He tells us in chapter 5 to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says in chapter 3, verse 19, be filled up to the fullness of God. He uses the word grace 12 times in the book, riches 5 times, glory 8 times, fullness or filled up or full six times. Or the key phrase of the book is this, in Christ or in him. Because when you are in Christ, you are blessed. Christ is the only way to figure out who you are. Because the Bible is very clear that you were chosen before the foundation of the world, you were predestined to be an adopted child, and you were accepted in the beloved this morning. I have adopted children. I have adopted Josiah who thanked Jesus because he'll be in junior high next year and he's such an astounding young man. He is a quality young man who loves God. I love him so much I can't even stand it. One day, because they had a one child rule in China, some family decided they had to give Josiah away and put him in a basket on the doorstep of the hospital. Is that right? They left him in the hospital, had the child, and walked away. And I want to say this. Thank you, Lord. Predestined before the foundation of the world to be Josiah Peterson. Last night we were eating, and he was sitting at the table and I said, now, if you were born, if you were raised in China, you'd be eating rice all the time. They love their rice and squid and octopus and fish head and eyeballs and all that stuff that they eat in Vietnam when we go there. Stinks. To them, it's like candy. You know, they get out of school in the afternoon, they run down to the corner, and there's a lady sitting on the ground, and she's got a little burner, and she throws a dried squid on there. I said, it stunk so bad, it just stinks. And then she puts it in a bun and they go, yay. <laughs> in America, it's like, let's go get an ice cream cone or let's go to Marge's Donuts. Huh? Can't you just taste the donuts with the, with the chocolate and peanut butter frosting, half and half? Melts in your mouth. I made some frosting last night for our rolls, our cinnamon rolls. I left it on the stove thinking this morning, I didn't leave it on, I just left it on the stove. It was kind of a caramel stuff. And this morning I went over to the pan and I left the spoon in it and I picked up the spoon and the whole pan came out. <laughs> and I actually said to myself, sugar gets like a brick. <laughs> then I think to myself, and we're going to eat this. <laughs> we don't even know what's good for ourselves, do we? Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth for ever. Of the band is going to drive people crazy. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Okay, before we leave, i got to ask you a question, so I want you to close your eyes a moment. On the serious side, seriously, seriously, how many people in this room, everybody's got their eyes closed, without a doubt this morning, know that you have Jesus living inside of you You've been saved 
by the glory of God, the grace of God, you came to a point where you realized you were lost and you need to be saved, and one day you'll face God and you'll have to answer whether you've ever believed in him and accepted him or not. How many could say without a doubt, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, no question in my mind, no question, none, ever, 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 okay? All right, you can put them down. Now, how many are in the room say, I came today by God's design and I think this is something I really question and I need to make sure of? Anyone in here? Raise your hand because we need to do this every week, okay? There's a lady back there. Lady back there. Anyone else? Raise your hand and say, this is something I question. I need to know, Pastor. Don't give up on me yet. Don't stop praying. Anyone in here? I want to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I want to be certain of that. Anybody else? Anybody? Right back there in the back? You guys take care of that. Anybody else? That's two people that have left the door open for you. Anyone else says, this is my day today. Pastor, I got to settle this today. It has to be today. Today, I got to deal with this. I need to settle this. Don't put this off. God brought you here today by design. Anyone else? Anyone else that will join these two? This could be the greatest gift you gave yourself and your family. Yes, it could. Yes. One other question. Your head's bowed and eyes closed. You know God's after you. You know you're a Christian, but you know God is after you. He wants something to change because he loves you that much. I want you to raise your hand. God's after me. Anybody in here? Yes, 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 yes. All over the place. God's after me in love. Yeah, yeah, look up here. I was sobbing at the counter last night when I read the illustration of that girl because when I quit Bible college for a year and went away, I became a hippie. I attempted suicide. And that's when God said, you got to turn your life around. You need to change. It's not enough just to do and know. you got to be. 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 I want the praise band to come back. We're going to sing, Lord, you are good, on our way out today. His mercies are new every day. If you've come as a visitor to today, I want you to know that today could be the day that God changes your life completely. Today could be the day. Could be the day. Wow. Can I just say this? You don't see what I see. Because when you're the pastor, you see people who you know are really grappling with this whole thing of, am I a Christian? And they'll even raise their hand, and then they'll walk out. And then I think to myself, will they ever again have that moment where they feel like the Spirit of God is saying, this is your day to be saved. Today is a glorious day. Remember this. You are blessed. I want to hear you say it. I am blessed. I am blessed. Yeah, you are. Let's stand to our feet.